church, you may be seated. And as you do, let's do this. Let's put the Word of God before us, in front of us, where it should always be as people of faith. That way we are being guided by the light of God's Word always. So let's do that now. Genesis 15, 6 has a good word for you and I this day. Let us say these words together. And he believed in the Lord. And he accounted it to him for righteousness. Amen and amen. Church, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. And as we do, oh God, we do pray that your word, this holy text, oh God, is a guide to our feet, Lord, a lamp, a light for our pathway. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we thank you wholeheartedly, O God, for this day. We give thanks for the many little things that you plant along daily in our path, without even our knowledge of it, just to keep us joyful. Yet at times, O God, we find ourselves struggling to acknowledge that it was you and you alone. And we still sometimes struggle, Lord, to trust you fully. Help us in the midst of our unbelief, O God. Help us, Lord, to believe and to trust in you and you alone, no matter what we are faced with in this natural world. And church, hear now these scriptures to guide us along the way, to sharpen and deepen our walk, our faith in you. From Mark 9, 24. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. And Isaiah 12, 2. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid, for the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, guide us in our daily walk. Lord, deepen our faith in you. Lord, not fear, but faith. Lord, lead us onward in Jesus' name, who gave us the Lord's Prayer as a daily prayer to abide by, to turn to, and certainly to cling to in faith. Church, if you would, please join me now in this monumental and faith-filled prayer, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen and amen. Church, I am turning now to the book of Genesis, the 15th chapter, 
verses 1 through 6. There is a good word here for you and I to apply to our daily walk with the Lord. This is God's covenant with Abram. Hear now these words, and they are projected on the screen. It says this, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? Then Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in your house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Church, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen. So, uh, church, uh, this uh, week, this text uh, really spoke to me and fed me. There is a lot here, of course, a, a covenant that God makes with Abram. Uh, also, uh, it's, it's really a, a, a testimony about faith, and that's something that you and I, as believers, as we walk with the Almighty, as we search the Scriptures, as we pray, as we worship, that's something that we all uh, certainly desire to be uh, refined and deepened uh, is faith. So let's, uh, let's go to this text this morning and, and unpack it here. Uh, there is certainly a word here that is uh, for you and I, and thanks be to God for that. So, so let me begin with verse 1 here. Pay close attention to what the Scripture is saying here. It says this, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Okay, let, let me just stop there and, and, and make this note, this very important note. What we see in the Word of God is that the Lord comes to his people in a variety of different ways. We can also say that God, in fact, works in mysterious ways, does he not? So God comes to his people both in visions in dreams, such as uh, the burning bush, in the prophets, and in his son, the person, our Savior, in Jesus Christ. So God comes in a variety of different ways and speaks and in his, and in his present. And we can also receive that and experience God uh, in that really powerful way. So I just wanted to mention that God comes in a variety of different ways. And here's what is said 
with uh, verse 1, letter B. It says, do not be afraid, God tells Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Now, now let me just share what's going on here. We get uh, from the text here that Abram is troubled, okay? Uh, His heart is troubled. He's anxious about something. Let the word speak to you this morning because maybe you're in that same place. Maybe you're anxious about something. Maybe you're troubled. Maybe, in fact, you are afraid. You see, we could very much take from this, okay, because Abram is troubled. He's having sleepless nights. Has that been you? lately, a sleepless, restless night. You've just got this inner agitation about you. You're afraid. You're fearful. Well, for Abram, now get this, a little bit of context. Abram has been in battle. He's been in battle with several other kings that he allied with so that he could, in fact, rescue his nephew named Lot. And he actually, along with these other allies, defeated this mighty and evil king, okay? And he, in fact, humiliated this king in Bible, in in the scriptures, okay? Now, Abram, is afraid, he's worried, he's anxious because he thinks this king that he just humiliated in battle is going to come back after him and humiliate him and defeat him. He's actually fearing, Abram is, for his life. So, of course, he's having sleepless nights. Of course, he's anxious. He is fearing for his very life. So, I wanted you to know that, okay? And here, God comes in the awesome way that God comes in a vision, and he says, listen, Abram, I am your shield. And maybe, church, you need to hear those very words this day, okay? You need to hear this very word of God saying, I am your shield. I'm going to protect you, my child. Now listen to this. Your exceedingly great reward. Here we go, verse 2. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. So he's got more worries, right? He's not only fearing his life, but he also thinks that the promise that God gave to him nearly a decade before is not going to happen, that God somehow is not going to follow through. Now, here's what we need to know, church. It was the custom in that day and time that when a husband and wife did not have children or were unable to have children, that they would often adopt, possibly even adopt a slave, okay, as the heir, okay, as the heir. In this particular case, we have this name, Eliezer of Damascus. There is only one mention 
of Eliezer of Damascus, and it is right here in the book of Genesis. So chances are this Eliezer of Damascus would be, in fact, a non-biological heir of what Abram has. And this Eliezer would be gifted all of Abram's wealth. And scripture tells us he's got property, he's got cattle, he's got quite a source of wealth. And this Eliezer will then receive all of this wealth because Abram and Sarah, well, they have no children now, right, of their own. Let me continue here. Listen to this. And behold, verse 4, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not, God says, shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Let me stop right there. That's from the very voice, from the very tongue of God, from God's own mouth. God is saying, listen to me. Listen to me, you got to wait. You got to be patient. The child is coming from God's own mouth. Here's the summation of what God is saying to Abram an anxious, fearful, fallen human being. Listen to me very carefully because this can speak to every one of us. God is ultimately saying, church, you have to trust me. Did you hear that? Let me repeat it. God is saying, you have to trust me. You're anxious. You want to go. You're not seeing what I am seeing. You have to trust me. Let me build upon that just for a moment, church. We must always remember this. When things are not quite going how we want them to go, when things, quite honestly, are just falling short or falling apart, or we cannot see things how God can see things because we have fallen eyes. Listen to this. We have to remember a text like this where God is saying, you have to trust me. Let me build upon this. Here's what I'm getting at. God is saying, you have to trust me. And he backs it up in verse 5 by saying this. What does God do? He says, you have to trust me, and here's why. Verse 5, then he brought him, that being Abram, outside and said, now look toward heaven. Okay, look toward heaven, an action right here, and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, here it is, so shall your descendants be. Here it is, church. You have to trust God ultimately. You have to trust him. Let me back that up. Let me just mention this. Remember, church, remember, God always sees the bigger picture. We do not. We ultimately are nearsighted here, okay? 
But God sees the bigger picture. Listen to this text, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. How about this one? Deuteronomy 31, 6, listen to this. Be strong and of good courage, the word of God says. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For Yahweh, your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Church, did you hear that? You ultimately have to trust God, when you cannot see it, God is in those details, believe me. The Word of God points us there always. There is a much bigger picture that God sees, that God knows, and that God blesses. Let me go to verse 6 here. So God brings Abram out to the heavens above. He shows him, hey, look, the stars, your people will be as numerous as these stars. Here's what verse 6 says. Listen to this. And he believed. Did you hear that? He needed evidence. He needed divine evidence. Okay. But what does the text say? And he believed, scripture says, in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. A little bit of background here, okay? In the Old and New Testaments, when it states, church, and I quote, that a person believed, okay? When it states that someone believed in the world, get this, believed in the Lord, it signals that a person has made a decision, okay? You and I have to make decisions every day, that a person has made a decision to treat God's word, listen to this, as certain, okay, as certain, and has made a commitment to do what God wants them to do. Did you hear it? Abram was faltering, okay? He was not steady, on his faithful feet. God had to show him the bigger picture. And, he, and then he made a decision, church, to believe in God's word that is both certain and truth and to make then a commitment. Maybe today, church, you need to recommit yourself to God. Maybe you need that certainty your very self because you 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 just feel overwhelmed you feel uncertain you are fearful you feel shaky and you need that certainty here it is it's very simple god is saying you got to trust me you got to trust me you got to step out of your comfort box and you've got to trust me. It's that simple the word is pointing us to. Let me end with this little story here. A little boy, he was walking down the beach, and he was looking out across 
the vast ocean. And he sees this lady on the beach. It looks like she's tanning herself. She's content. He walks up to the lady after looking at the vast ocean there, and he says, ma'am, are you a Christian? And she says, well, yes, sir, I am. And the young boy says, well, ma'am, do you pray? And the lady says, well, yes, sir, I I, I do pray. And then he says, ma'am, would you mind holding my quarter while I take a dip in the ocean? And she says, yes, sir, I will. And he dives into the ocean and he takes a swim. That's just to say to each and every one of us this day, what do we need to trust in the Lord about this day that either has us tripped up or weighed down or confused or turning away from God as we enter back into the waters, the chaotic waters of life? What do you need to trust God in about this day? This is the very day, church, that we can recommit ourselves to trusting God fully. Lord, I give it to you. Lord, whatever it is, at home, at work, in the neighborhood, in relationships, whatever it is, Lord, I must trust in you. I must put my faith not in my own intelligence, but in your word. Church, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, this is a testament of faith, the scripture. Lord, if we're just being honest with ourselves, each and every day is a test of faith. Lord, there's so much that can burden us. There's so much, oh God, that can get us down. Lord Jesus, your word is saying through the power of your Holy Spirit in this very moment, you've got to trust in me. You see the bigger picture, oh God. You are in control. You are a mighty and awesome God. Lord, let us once again commit our lives, our hearts, unto unto trusting your almighty presence. You are indeed an awesome God. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.